faster, Marlow. Higher, again. Summers against Marlow. Elemental mastery, best of three. You're wasting everyone's time, Marlow. You're limiting yourself. There's more to witchcraft than mutation. Again. Your god, Marlow. Again. Never mind. Tempest, can you demonstrate? Tempest. 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 It's the middle of the night, Marlow. This better be. I think I'm ready. <sighs> Come in. I thought I'd say goodbye before I go. Well, thank the crown. I was starting to think you actually liked it here. What? You'll be the only thing I miss about this place. Yeah, if I don't see you tomorrow. You won't. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I hope you're right. You could have been the one challenge in the arena. Oh, for fuck's sake. What? I could have been a challenge, she says, with <laughs> the most steady heartbeat I've ever heard. I'm impressed. You're going to be an incredible liar, Tempest. What gave it away? A spark. Somewhere in your voice. <laughs> I've never met a witch like you, Marlowe. Holding a fan would be your best hope to control the wind, and your illusions are endearing. But I'll be damned if there isn't something in your eyes that freaks me out. Like when a cat keeps staring at the ceiling, but you don't see anything up there. What the fuck does that mean? You never had a cat? No, they do that. <laughs> yeah, and they make you feel a bit blind and graceless. How's my heart? Thank you, Tempest. Say hi to your dad for me. Where is she? Whoa, first of all, good evening. Second, do you see this jacket? It says Mugler, not staff. We've searched the entire college, Tempest. Where is she hiding? <laughs> I was supposed to lie, but now I have to tell you. She's got to be with her father right now. No one has left the college in the past three days, Tempest. Where is she? Delicious. <laughs> when do you go looking for her? Remember, she's fooled every surveillance system you have, every charm, every spell, every agent present, so thoroughly that you did not even consider she'd be gone. Oh, and then maybe keep in mind the person that can do that also fucking hates you. Tony? Dad. How? How did you get here? Joan. Joan? Are you all right? Good. Send out. Again. Oh, that's all right. Just be careful with those. You don't want to step on it. Is that? Father! He's got Nessa! He's got Nessa! He's after me! Help me! Help! silence, like someone had pushed the world underwater. The priest's eyes widen as he sent Cece inside and tried to pull Joan with him as well. She didn't budge, because she felt no different. He moves with a spell of silence. It comes like a wave, sometimes miles wide. The witch hunter. Joan felt a rush under her skin, a burst of adrenaline and a memory came back to her. Something she had told her father years after she had escaped the academy. Sometimes I scare myself, Dad. Why? Because I miss it. There were days when Jewel started and I would smile. The other kids, they would 
command the earth and the wind. They had these incredible powers, but I could feel all these forces. Every rumble underground, every swirl of the air, I could map it through my skin. And after a few months, every illusion they tested on me, it was missing half the colors I know. All the things they don't even know are there. They were pointing at a blue wall and telling me that's the sky. And I think there's something wrong with me. If these fights were the only time I felt right. What has hands wants to touch? What has wings wants to fly? There's nothing wrong with your journey. You're just meant for more. Father Christopher grabbed Joan by the shoulder, frantically pointing at the church, yelling in the silence. And Joan smiled, and then walked away. And he has a weapon. What it fires will pierce No anything. charm, no armor, and even most spells won't protect you from it. I've never met a witch like you, Marlow. Oh, is your condition of being a witch entirely tied to your voice? I'm a witch. And you will always be. You can always come home. Her hands close to her chest. Joan spelled out four letters. Four letters she signed. And the word dawn. And Joan jumped. Or flew. Who could really tell? Her hands closed on the high branch of a tree, and she swung herself forward. And the ground fractured under her feet. She had felt a change in the air. A smell. Leather. Gunpowder. The hunter was close. She closed her eyes, took a deep breath, and snapped a finger. The silence held. A buzzing rose from inside her ears as the cartilage moved and grew, reshaping itself. She felt the world spin and fall back into place in the blink of an eye. And the silence bent. A stabbing pain punctured the back of Joan's head as her body mutated. With a rhyme, she could have made it painless. With a rhyme, it would have taken merely a thought. Her ears bled. And the silence broke. Ignore the wind, the trees, the underground. Ignore it all. Focus. She filtered each sound, one by one. Singing birds. Creaking branches. There you are. Mist. I hear you, gunman. Your clothes rustle as you aim. Your breathing stops. Your heart slows. I know you'll pull the trigger before you even decide to. My turn. Joan dashed away. The huntsman on her trail. Her body seemed to blur as she raced and vaulted through the forest, barely ever touching the ground. Another miss. Joan felt the silent spell scatter all around her and her nose caught a familiar scent in the air, musky and pine.
pungent, as salty as sweat and sharp like urine, something that tasted like skin, like blood, a cocktail of hormones, testosterone, cortisol, and adrenaline triggered by rhyme. The huntsman had altered his body, chasing after her. <laughs> and Joan laughed because she loved a challenge, but more than a challenge, she loved to win. Her nose had latched onto that scent, taken apart each of its components, and while it was a decent blend, it gave the huntsman strength and speed. What it did lack was finesse. Testosterone and adrenaline were useful, but it's the likes of dopamine and oxytocin that allowed a witch to push her limits further. It tied the formula together, drowning any second thoughts, any doubts and pains that came with the mutations, all the things that could weaken the conviction in a rhyme, drowned under waves of pleasure. And the body turned infinite. Joan leapt from the high trees and dug her feet in the ground. On her face, her features had all shifted slightly. From the arc of her forehead to her jaws, each of her senses now as sharp as her teeth. She kept still. That's six. Joan heard the sound of a cylinder shaken out of its frame and blitzed towards it. Before the huntsman could reload, she was on him. She expected to tear right through him, crush every bone in his body with a single blow. Instead, it felt like hitting a mountain. As unsophisticated as it was, the hunter's spell still did the job. His skin had turned into leather. His vital organs had been moved around, protected by layers of muscle as dense as stone. Joan immediately jumped away as the man's elbow came down. He was the only enemy that wouldn't underestimate her. Another Dawn Witch. So he dropped his bullets, slid the gun back in his holster, and put his guard up. The dawn path is the way of nature, and when nature wants to kill, there is nothing honorable about it. The hunter swiped with his claws at Joan's neck, but she dipped under his arm and struck, not with a fist, not even with her own claws, with a blade emerging from her forearm, a bone piercing through her skin turned into a weapon. The huntsman didn't roar in fury. He didn't scream. He hissed. And then spat something through his lips. A dark venom that burned through Joan's eyes. Her body tried to neutralize the pain as fast as possible, but the huntsman carried on his assault, swiped at her abdomen and her shoulders. As she recoiled to protect herself, the huntsman's claws bit 
into her flesh relentlessly as he pummeled her guard, shredding her leather skin. The venom kept spreading, igniting her senses, burning through her eyes. She couldn't drown the pain, and if she kept trying, she would die. So instead, Joan fed him, shambled it, just like she had done once before. The hunter was thrown back onto the ground and did not get up. His hypersensitive ears shattered at once. Joan fell to her knees, panting. An eternity later, as her eyes slowly recovered and her body purged the venom, she heard a noise. With a trembling hand, the hunter tried to take out his pistol. Joan dragged herself towards him, ripped the weapon out of his hand, and pulled herself up. A foot on his throat. She quickly loaded the cylinder and pointed the cannon down. I'll be home soon, Dad. Ah, oh, how quiet. For once. I would not waste the words of a god on a fool. Wouldn't be the first time. Schoolyard taunts. You are the most insipid host I've ever had Ooh, to do. Interesting. We're using big words now. Insipid. Dull and boring. You will move heaven and earth just to chain me. And for what? All I see you do is sit, complain and cry. What fucking life are you even fighting me for? We've talked about your language, Baron. Fuck you! <laughs> I'm not boring. If every person has a secret garden, yours would be a lawn. Okay, because all the drugs and hooking and, and, and leading the charge into battle, what does that make of yours? If that's all you want, ketamine and riding, that's it? That's horse behavior. You're a god playing a horse, and your garden is a fucking stable. You have nothing to say to me. Now, if you're gonna be disrespectful, at least make it make sense. It makes perfect sense. <sighs> what? You'll keep talking back, won't you? You'll keep fighting me every day. Pretty easy to please, Baron. A quiet home and a good bed. This breeze on my skin. And I'm good. It's really not much to ask out of life. So when even that gets taken away from me, I can be quite petty. Yes. Petty, spiteful, and proud. A hundred years ago, weak men would have built temples to you. I heard that and raised my head a little. Frown. What an odd thing for him to say. A compliment? I'm old school, Talia. 
I don't ask for what I can take and I don't have the time to waste on anybody. But for you, I think you might not be anybody. A little late for flattery, Baron. Oh, I still think you're a stubborn little... something. Some of these champions have got to have character. Champion? <laughs> it would be a disaster. Then let's both be a little mad about it. Until we find a good deal. Come on. You've got the wilds in your soul now. It's nothing you can't handle. What do you say? I didn't reply. Just closed my eyes for a second. And felt a wave of relief course through my body. Sandy's strength flowed once more. Closing my wounds. Heavy a second ago, my body suddenly felt weightless. And I paused. Instinctively, I tensed like ready to fight, ready to run into the jungle and feed Sandy to the old spirits. The Baron sensed it, and his presence seemed too... dim. The air around me felt... colder. Without him, the world darker. I could see how easy it would be to fall for the power. How comforting it was to be strong without effort, without even trying. A single transgression, Baron, and I... You repeat yourself, daughter. And I will say it again. A single transgression, and I will make the world forget your name. And then it's like... He didn't say anything, he just... It felt like he had just rolled his eyes. I took a deep breath and I lowered myself into it again. Let go some of my control and stayed there, waiting for him to try something. But he didn't. What did the wild ask your daughter? Predator or prey. Which will it be? And I gave in. It came with a laugh from deep within. I surrendered to... hubris, really. It was like the thrill of first blood and the feeling that nothing could ever stand in my way. Carla. I reached deep within me and felt the tension down below. Like a tight string bonding my wrist to the underground. It pulled and something stirred. I heard a crackling, the sound of bone as they split and condensed, merged into one another. And Sandy's spear reformed once more. I lifted my arm to the side and the weapon tore through the ground, flying into my hand. Answer the question, Talia. Show me. I jumped down from the tree and caught myself smiling. I took one step, then another. I started running. And no spirit tried to stop me. <laughs> Roxanne and Shia took the shift driving throughout the night. The morning after the attack, we had crossed the border to Georgia. We were making a detour to avoid a small town when I suddenly heard Chia swear under her breath. Shit, 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 shit. What is it? Angel, 
What? Angel in the area. He knows we're here. We have less than a minute. Stay calm. Fuck. Should I- No. That's suicide. Shinji, jump in the back. Whatever happens, don't say a word. Don't move. Don't do anything. You got it? I, I, I'm not. I, I can help. This is how you help. Now. I figured they knew better than me, so I obeyed. I got in the back of the car and I put a blanket over me, hiding amongst the rations and sleeping bags. Two seconds later, we heard... driving a strange road today. Where are you going like that? I won't be asking twice. I'm sorry, Sir Angel. I got so caught up. It's an honor. I'm so sorry. My friend and I, we're on a road trip. We're going to hit a couple towns in Georgia and Alabama before heading back to Fairfields. But I think we got lost. I hate to ask you, but... You gotta have a pretty good view from up there. Would you know how we could get back on the 75? Fairfields, Texas. Born and raised, and oh sweet Jesus, it's you. Regina, look at him. He's got her eyes. It's him! You're Sally's son, aren't you? Jeremy! Your mother talks about you all the time. She was my high school teacher. You look just like her. How come you never visit? You ain't even need a plane ticket. As Chia started talking, I, I felt my brain... Shiver? Sort of? I heard a buzzing in my ears. I felt my eyes straining like they were trying to see through pitch black, and my senses were fighting against something that they... that they recognized. And then it clicked. It was like a, a cousin of Asher's illusions, and Marcus's soothing, but but so much more gentle. It wasn't a weapon. Something to trick or subdue. It, it was used as a mean of connection. Chia wasn't building lies. She reminded people of the gentle truth. Everything all right, sir? You're looking a bit pale. We got some water over here. You might need a sunscreen with all that. Turn around. On. You should be back on 75 in less than an hour. Head straight home, stick to the interstate. This area isn't safe. All right. Thank you so much, Sir Angel. I'm so sorry for the trouble. It's all right. Send my regards to Sally. All right. We'll do just that. Why don't we take a picture? She would just love that. <sighs> Girl. We're fine. Fuck. We're fine. Did you see the size of that sword? Where else was I supposed to look? Should we get a sword like that for Nizoni's birthday? No. I think she's more of a Morningstar kind of girl. Send your regards. Bitch, it's your mama. What is wrong with you? Takes a lot to become an angel. It changes them and it messes them up when you make them remember. You got all of this information in, like, what, five seconds? His mother's name, everything? Okay, don't look too surprised. She knows what she's doing. We have another problem. The bottled water industry? No, yeah. We're not doing guesses, Roxanne. Then don't phrase it like that. Just say the problem. We're going in the same direction as the angel. 
But he's going to get there first. You killed him. You... You can't even rhyme. Oh. Wait. Wait! Where are you going? Home. What? Where is that? Europe? The... You're from Europe? But... Hey, wait! Wait! I said wait! A gust of wind swirled around Joan, stopping her in her tracks. The world stood still, waiting for an order. We risked our lives to get to you. She saved you. She brought you here when she didn't have to. She didn't know you. But she still called you her sister. You owe her, Joan. Please, help us. We can offer them revenge, daughter. Call them back to this world. They've fought enough, Baron. Let them rest. It was the middle of the night. I could see the lights of New Orleans not too far ahead. But right now I was standing on the side of the road looking up at a tree. At the three bodies hung from its branches. I took the spear in hand and sliced the rope closest to me. I caught the first body before it fell and laid it down gently. I did the same for the second one, and the third. And then I started digging. Use my strength, daughter. No. This sh shouldn't be easy. They deserve my strength. They deserve my time. And so do the living. You're right. And so the Baron and I buried people we may have saved a day earlier. And it's together, truly together, maybe for the first time that we made our way towards New Orleans. I know a couple places we could start a riot from. What do you see? I say we take a page from the old man's book and hit the radio station. Wouldn't be a party without a little music. For once we agree. Nola was very different from the East Coast cities. I don't have to tell you why. Those were real crusaders patrolling the streets, not more cops. Keeping the population in check. Nobody else was in the streets at this hour. That would have been ground enough for execution. The New Orleans Samedi New was gone. French Quarter, the Garden District, it all had been bulldozed, replaced by barracks and hangars, grey walls and no soul. Inside, the people starved, died in fields or at sea, died for any reason at all, on Crusader's whim. So Samdi and I sneaked between patrols, jumped through a few rooftops and balconies, and then forced a fire exit. We were inside the station in less than an hour. There were only a couple guards in the building. I let Samdi show off his aim, and we kept it moving. 
We got to the broadcast room, flipped a couple of switches, moved a few cables. I say that like it took two seconds, but we really had no idea what we were doing, so I had to like look some stuff up online really quickly. And once we were ready, I asked Baron, do you want to speak? Yes, 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 yes. Give me that mic. <laughs> it's been a minute, but I know some of you were raised right. Get some drums up in here. Some rhythm, some sway, some real music, because you might not recognize the voice, but you know that tempo. The children of Marie Laveau still got swing, you know. Your cities were drowned, but you still live here. You ain't dead. I know it. I feel you breathing in the water. You're no monster. You're my children, and I want you by my side. The Baron called them all to Nola. Witches, spirits, and man from both the cities and the wild. And he said, Call my name, beloved. I have gifts for you. Baron, Baron Serenity. Call my name and share my strength. Baron Call my name and live. <laughs> and that night, we started a war. Now just a second before we get to the credits, because this week we'd like to introduce you to Rogmaker, a new sci-fi whodunit mystery featuring music, intercepted fast food advertisements, and thing that should never be found. If that sounds like your thing, and it should be, take a listen to their trailer. Hello, can anyone, can anyone hear me? This is Pascal Almagest, passenger on Plutonic Flight 999. From Radiant Entertainment, as you. Oh, it's rolling well. Oh, 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 it's the game you know and love. Uh, Unleash your inner ancient bird athlete in row 12. You'd think floating in an escape pod with no solid comms link is the one place in the universe you'd be safe from advertisements. What was that? I bumped something. The pod bumped something. There's something out there. The group elders do say to expect the unexpected during your wander. Plutonica cheapskates on maintenance. Everyone knows that. There's nothing we can do now but wait. Rescue will be coming soon. What if I told you it was sabotage? What? Sabotage! Like, someone messing with the flight? Sabotage! Be very careful what words you're throwing around here. That's one of the first rules of being a spacer. If the question has no good answers, it's better you don't ask it. I need you to tell me in detail exactly what you saw as you made your way to the escape pod. You let them go into the cockpit and reprogram ship. If you're seeing this pillar them, everything will have changed. You should know I tried to stop it. But I died doing something that mattered for once in my damn life. Trust me. I can last longer without food or water than any of you. Our coordinates, one arm. 
You're too close. Rogue Maker, a science fiction podcast. Have you been listening to it? It's been speaking to us. Have you been listening to it? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Desperado. This week we have the pleasure to introduce Adigail Stewart as Roxanne, Robin Regalado as Chia, and Sara Passos as the Academy Evaluator. Joan is played by Emma Blackley-Peach, Nessa by Georgia McKenzie, Cece by Mei Konishi, Elio is played by Sami Suisi, Talia by Tami Ige, Shinji by Tibet Boya, Asher by Patrick Hutchinson, Samdi by AJ Bediako, La Catrina by Carolina Hoyos, Tempest by Sophia Ingar, and Caleb by Reese Downing. And a huge thank you to Brad Colbrook for dialogue editing this episode. We would not have been able to make this show without them. If you'd like to know more about Desperado, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Desperado underscore radio, on Tumblr at Desperado Podcast, or on the Hug House website, where you can also find all our transcripts. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.